Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Jesus forgives and heals a paralysed man. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralysed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, We have never seen anything like this. Such a brilliant story. Um, and probably what a lot of people don't realise is, is that it, it seems, if you read it carefully, that Jesus was probably teaching in his own house. Uh, and so we know that f- sometimes he lived at Capernaum. That is a town on the, on the northern shore of Lake Galilee. Uh, and that he had a home there. And we're told that he was staying at his home. And it goes straight into the story of him teaching. Uh, so put yourself there. Uh, the crowds are uh, pressing in. Feel the dynamism, feel the heat, feel the energy, uh, feel the anticipation and excitement, but also feel the inconvenience of it all. You can't get in if you if you wanted to. You, there's no way in. It's just that all the doorways are blocked. And yet in this part of the world, uh, most roofs are flat uh, and a roof would be a place where you would spend a lot of time, actually, um, in evenings and other times, like maybe even sleep out uh, for the night under the stars. And so you've got these four people who are bringing their friend who's paralyzed. They can't get in, um, but they know Jesus is in there. So they do the audacious uh, thing, which is really, I mean, you know, who'd have thought it? Uh, you go up into the rabbi's house and start start breaking his roof in. Um, and there's just some quite profound lessons here, if we think about it. Uh, Jesus is teaching in his house, most likely, 
uh, and the house start and the roof begins to, to a portion of the roof begins to crumble. There's a noise uh, and it's being dug out by some men who then lower their friend into the midst of things. Uh, what do you do if you're Jesus? Because we're told that he sees their faith. It's like, yeah, do you, do you also see the fact that your ceiling has just been uh, dug up? <laughs> do you also see that your house has just been messed up? And I think, I think the, the spiritual point here is, is I think many of us, when we think about coming to Jesus, maybe deep down in our heart, there's this niggling feeling that if we was to come to Jesus, we'd, we'd, just, we'd just mess it all up. <laughs> um, we, we'd bring so much uh, baggage or issues or brokenness with us that we just we'd, we'd mess it up and I guess I could flatter you and say oh no no you wouldn't it'll be fine instead I'm going to just be truthful and say do you know what yeah all, all of us kind of do really in some ways but that, that's not that's not the, the the big deal the big deal is is that Jesus sees way beyond all of that uh, almost as almost as if you know that's kind of just a side point he sees their faith he sees that uh, he sees that seed in them, that, that that hope, that trust, that sense that in their heart they recognise that that in Him there, there is hope. In Him, things might turn around, things might change. You see, and it's ever so important that we realise that. Also, also to consider the, uh, ourselves in this story to be the man on the stretcher, because I think. What's really important is, is that on our journey to Jesus, very often we actually find that we have we have people who help us find our way to him. Um, uh, many of us who who've come to know and love Jesus can point to family and friends who have prayed for us, um, who have advised us, who have shared their story with us, who have told us about Jesus. And we sort of you get to that point where you recognize I, I, I may not have made it to him on my own. Uh, and that's OK. That's OK, because it. Really, the closer you get to Jesus, the more you realise that it's not really about what you can do, but about what he has done. Anyway, the man is lowered down and um, <clears throat> you can imagine the fuss. Uh, but then these really surprising words come from Jesus's mouth. Son, your sins are forgiven. And, and perhaps perhaps the main point I want to make today is, is that our, our greatest felt need is, is not actually always our greatest actual need you see it's obvious what this man needed he needed healing he needed strength physical strength he needed a miracle in order that he wouldn't have to live his life dependent on others to wash him to clothe him to provide for him that he might be able to do those things himself everyone could see that um jesus doesn't address that as the first thing he addresses it because he cares about our felt needs, but he comes straight in with, with what we might consider to be a bit of a curveball. Your sins are forgiven. And there's just there's so much to say around this. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say too much. We have limited time, but just to say a few things like um forgive to forgive means to release. It means you you you, you let any sense of offense and any desire for revenge, you let it go. So when you when the Bible calls us to forgive others, it's, it's about letting revenge go and, and you release people. It's not, it's not, it doesn't mean you say it's okay what they did, but you, you release them instead of holding on to them and trying to punish them. And so when we then flip that and think about God forgiving us, it's an amazing picture. It means that God lets go of his righteous um, 
he's right to judge us for the things, the wrong things that we've thought, said and done. He lets go, but he releases us completely. He releases us entirely. It's an amazing thing. And it seems that it seems that he knows that that's our primary need. And that once we find forgiveness from Jesus, as this man did in this story, from that point, everything, extraordinary things begin to flow in and out of our lives. We, we, we find ourselves reconciled to God. We find we find all kinds of things that held us back in our lives are kind of broken and, uh, and, 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 and we're sort of released from. Uh, and we just begin to realise that the whole thing of forgiveness is just a huge catalyst to discovering brand new life through Jesus. So it's an amazing thing. It's 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 fascinating that Jesus Jesus brings this word you're forgiven as, as if he's the offended party, you know. The crowds struggle with it. They they think who can forgive sins but God alone and this this extraordinary interplay between them where Jesus is basically wanting them to know that he has divine authority. He's yes, he's fully man, but he's divine, he's fully God and he he has the authority to 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 speak a word of forgiveness over our lives. It isn't just arbitrary, you know, it's not just a nice idea. It unlocks extraordinary, transformative, supernatural power in our lives. And all of us who have experienced forgiveness through Jesus will will testify to this. Um, There's really no going back. It's an extraordinarily powerful thing. Uh, uh, But but there is perhaps a niggle, and and perhaps the niggle with it is is that, you see, well, maybe there's two niggles. Maybe the first is, is that our Sometimes we don't see our need for forgiveness. We might, we might see our need for restoration or healing or or some kind of change, um, but we don't we don't see it that it's about forgiveness. And that could be for so many reasons, um, almost too many to go into. But I guess what what I'm asking us to do through this story is just just is to consider to consider that that may well be our primary need. And if we will consider that and be open to that and think it through, because if if we do and if we allow ourselves to consider that, which which does require some courage, because it means that we we um, we have to almost lay to one side the the very natural defensiveness and the natural sense of I guess I don't know self justification that many of us we just learn we just learn that and it's kind of uh, it makes us feel safe to be able to do that. But just to lay that down and just to say maybe I do need forgiveness. And then if we get to that point where we say, well, actually, you know, maybe I'm not as bad as so-and-so, but I'm certainly not perfect. Um, then then the question, how can how can Jesus uttering those words that, that I'm forgiven simply do it? I mean, that, 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 aren't we faced with some issues there around like fairness and justice? If I have done wrong and if I need forgiveness, how, how can how can God just forgive me and still be just, still be fair, surely? There has to be, if someone's done something wrong, there has to be some kind of justice. Well, when Jesus utters these words, your sins are forgiven. It's almost like you've got to see behind him to like uh, uh, what I would describe as every word like that that he speaks is spoken under a shadow, the shape of a cross. Because if you fast forward in the Gospel of Mark to the later chapters, you find Jesus crucified. And and he, he says things, he describes himself as like a ransom given his life. For many, and, and what the Bible says is, is that the judgment for the things we've done wrong, he bore in his body, which means that Jesus can forgive us and God can still be just. And we can know that actually the, the justice, the judgment, if you like, for the things that we've done wrong, someone has paid the price for that. 
And that's an amazing thing because you start to realize, oh, wow, there's real power here in what Jesus is doing. Because it's not just brushing things under the carpet. It's not just pretending things haven't happened that should have happened. It's, there's an honest acceptance of the fact that, you know, um, there have been things said, thought and done that shouldn't have been, but they've been dealt with. But that he himself has kind of taken those things into himself and it's taken our place, if you like. And you begin to say, wow, so I can be genuinely deeply forgiven so that I'm right with God, so that my own conscience is no longer troubled, so that I don't live under shame. So that even even, even that sense of just who I am can be renewed and my soul can be restored. You, you start thinking, wow, this is a powerful powerful place to be and um i guess it's a a radical thing to to look at a story like this and to imagine yourself uh in this person's shoes because he looks so helpless um and i guess we all we all, we all like to it, you know we all like the idea of bringing something to the party right um receiving something as a, as a gift and not giving anything back it actually can be quite uncomfortable um was actually what the Bible makes it really, really clear that the message of Jesus Christ is a message of grace. Uh, it's a message of undeserved favour. It, it's a gift. Um, the Bible says that um, eternal life is the free gift of God in Christ Jesus, that the wages of sin is death so that the things that we say, do and think wrong, we earn something with that death. Wages, but then eternal life. Is not what you earn by doing good. It doesn't say that. Eternal life is the free gift of God through Christ Jesus. So it comes to us as a gift. And that's an amazing place to be. That's an amazing centre to live out of because then you can begin to show grace to others. You can begin to forgive others. You, you can begin all of these things. It's like the epicentre. The cross is the is the epicentre, that place where Jesus speaks that word over us of forgiveness to all who will, to all who will receive it. And so... Really just to sort of finish and, and, and wrap up by saying it's an amazing story. It's a messy story. Uh, it's a story that uh, is full of um, surprise and, and full of inconvenience, uh, but full of power, full of life changing power. And um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you would, if you today, you think, you know what? I want to commit myself to Jesus Christ because most people that come to Jesus can then look back and see a, a journey, if you like, to finding him. But for 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 all of us, there's, there's, that, there's that moment where you say, do you know what? Jesus, I want you to be my Lord uh, and my saviour. Uh, and I want to follow you. And you can pray that in your own words. In fact, it's, it's probably better to pray in your own words and to just call on his name. The Bible says if you call on the name of Jesus, if you believe in your heart, you know, that God's raised him from the dead, that he is alive and he's changing lives. And if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, that you'll be saved. And so I want to just encourage you, um, if you just know in your heart that this message of Jesus is true, you, you, you've just been convinced and you want Jesus to save you from your sins and, um, and totally forgive you and come into the joy of new life in Jesus then call out to him, say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I want to follow you. He'll hear you and he'll come and he'll meet with you by his spirit. And you'll know because you'll never be the same again. God bless.